I, I put off writing for a long time. Like I, I wrote articles 100% because of Chapin. He was the one who was like, I talked to Pete, you have a job, you have to submit an article, like do it now. And he, he basically like made me start writing. And then like, once I did, I was like, oh, this is actually not that bad. I kept talking to him about Dax and everything. And then he would like, basically like almost, maybe not every article, but it was like occasionally, like there would be a thing where he's like, oh, and like this tweak was really good. It was made by Jerry, blah, blah, blah. And then there was one article that he basically tripped me into writing for him. He was like, hey, can I interview you for my article? And I was like, yeah, sure. But it was just him posing me five questions and then like me answering them all in article length. And he was like, boom, you just wrote an article, dumbass. It's not that hard. You could just do this. That was about it. Chapin can be a weird dude. He can rub people the wrong way, but I love him to death. And I, I owe a lot of stuff in my career to him. Absolutely. Like he's like, I, I would not be here without him. Absolutely not. Hello, and welcome to Humans of Magic, the show that gets up deep and personal with your favorite Magic the Gathering personalities. I'm your host, James Sue. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 100. That's right, we are at 100 episodes. Today's guest needs almost no introduction. He is Jerry Thompson, Magic Pro Player, co-host of the Arena Decklist podcast, and all-around influential Magic personality. And it's quite a special episode because I have had Jerry Thompson on. The first time was six years ago. That's when I started Humans of Magic. One of the earlier episodes, we had a really good conversation then. I mean, a lot has just happened in the world. A lot has happened. We've had the pandemic, Magic the Gathering itself, in terms of organized play, and the game itself is just so different. We've lived through some world events. I'm not trying to be grandiose here, but... I'm just trying to say that a lot has happened and it was just really nice to catch up with Jerry T once again on this podcast. Jerry's excellent. He's awesome. He speaks his mind, not afraid to tell the truth. And you'll get all of that here. Super excited to share this with you. And because it's episode 100, I thought I would just say a few words. I just can't believe it. I can't believe that Humans and Magic has gotten to episode 100. When this thing started six years ago, five, six years ago, I had no idea that it would sustain the way it did. And I actually think the best is yet to come. I think 2022 has been a very strong year for this podcast. We've been putting out weekly episodes. We've gotten some excellent guests, recurring guests like Jerry T. And I really, truly feel that the best is yet to come. So please stay with us. And I promise that it will be an enlightening time. It will be a fabulous time, a learning time, educational time, all that stuff will be coming. Not to mention just some fun conversations. That's always part of the bargain, always. I would love to get your support on Humans of Magic, the project. So if you have not had the chance, please follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Both accounts can be found at Humans of Magic, one word. We also have a new Patreon, patreon.com slash humansofmagic. If you want to join our exclusive Discord community, you want me to help review your podcast or content, happy to do that through the Discord and the Patreon. 
I have switched to a weekly release format. So Humans of Magic is always going to be free, it's always going to be a labor of love, but the Patreon is going to go a long way to cover the additional intensity of the workload. And I'm really happy to do weekly episodes. I want to get more Humans of Magic content out, so your support is always appreciated. The phenomenal music you hear in this episode and every episode of Humans of Magic is supplied by Kupla. That's spelled K-U-P-L-A. Kupla is an absolutely fantastic musician. He's a magic player, and you can find all of his music on all the streaming platforms, including Spotify and SoundCloud. Definitely give him a follow on Twitter as well, Kupla Sound, and uh, tell him Humans of Magic said hi. Jerry, how are you doing, my friends? Um, I I started <laughs> answering this question truthfully to people and found out they didn't like it. The the real answer is bad, like not great. But uh, oh shit, what's up? <laughs> I mean, I'm not sure if that's how you want to open the podcast, but here we are. No, I mean, we're just having a conversation, so let's let's just be real. Like, what what's uh what what's the stuff that's not going great? Oh no, everything basically. No, my my life was really good and like you know, 2019 and has just gotten way worse since then. So I don't know. That's, that's the real answer. I could like BS and make small talk, but it gets really old after a while, you know, especially like, uh, I guess like pandemic and not seeing a lot of people for over two years. Right. And then it's like this kind of like constant wave of like catching up with people when you like go to an event because yeah. they're like, oh, there's so much stuff I don't know or whatever. And it's just like, I don't want to just like say things are good or whatever because they're not. But yeah. 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 No, I feel that. I mean, fuck. I mean, the la- <laughs> I mean, this, this is the weird thing, right? It's like the last time you and I actually talked, all this stuff had not happened. The pandemic right. had not happened. Your podcast was still called Game Podcast. So that was yeah. like a millennia ago. And it was just like the NPL didn't exist back. Well, I mean, that's that's NPL doesn't exist now, but you, you, you get what I mean. Like, right. Yeah. A lot of stuff has happened, right? A lot of stuff has happened. So it's it's like that's the cool. That's not cool. But that's also the the real thing about life, too, is that we always want to put our like best foot forward. And it's just sometimes better just to be honest, because if you say that you're not doing great, then that's how you feel. Right. And it's, it just can't be all sunshine and sunshine and roses all the time, I guess. Yeah. And I don't know. I think people have like this expectation for the small talk and like, quote unquote, catching up where you just kind of want to like BS, but it's all surface level, really. Mm -hmm. Because it's like, yeah, I haven't seen you or talked to you in two years and you just want to like dive into the deep stuff. Like we got to have to like ease our way into it. We have to. It's like, yeah. 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 It's just like, well, I'm not. I, I don't even want to spend my time like making small talk. Like, why are we even doing it? Like, instead of saying, hi, how are you? Maybe say like, it's nice to see you. And like, now I'm going to leave or whatever. It, it know, is because, nice to see you. Yeah. That's a good yeah. One. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So I, I don't know. I think maybe people could, could do that if they don't want to get blindsided by like, you know, my life is bad. How, how is yours? You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I, okay. So obviously you're a much more public person than I am because I'm just a kind of a small guy in the, in the MTG space. But I would also just offer that just to kind of, kind of reciprocate here. I would also say that things have not been great 
So I'm in China right now, and mm-hmm. we have just gone through probably the toughest lockdown this year. That, and it's it's very hard to relate. It's very hard people to relate to it because I know that in North America, when there were lockdowns, it's just kind of like, I don't know. Actually, no, I should I shouldn't assume anything because it's different in different states. Right? You're in you're in Richmond right now. I'm not sure like you've experienced lockdowns over the past two three years at all. Yeah, not really. I mean, th- there were, I think, a few weeks where it was like, maybe you are, it's recommended that you only go out for uh, necessities, right? So it's like so a it's guideline, like, like recommended. Right. But it's then it's just like, okay, well, I'm going to go to the grocery store or something. And then there's just like all these cars on the road. And I just couldn't help but wonder, like, where are they going? Mm-hmm. Where Where is everyone's necessities, right? It's just like, it it didn't really take. And I think that uh, you know, maybe there are some states that were stricter than others or whatever, but for the most part, there there weren't really any lockdowns. And like for uh, like, where where are you in China? So I'm in Shanghai. Uh, okay. I'm not sure if you follow the news, but it's like I, China. So uh, I, I did I did a little bit specifically for Shanghai because uh-huh. I play Genshin Impact. If you're familiar with this game, yeah, 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 yeah. So their their studio is there, and like. The fact that Shanghai was locked down meant that like one of the oh, updates yeah. was delayed for a while. So then I was like, well, what, what's actually going on? Yeah, let's there? find out what's going on there. Yeah. Right. And it, it was it was pretty wild reading about it. Yeah. It's but yeah, feel free to tell me your own experience because I'm it's, curious too. It's freaking surreal. Like, uh, first of all, China has a zero COVID policy, which means literally if there's one case in a on a block, they shut the block down. So I have been living in an apartment where okay. Here's the setup, right? The entire city of Shanghai, 25 million people, was locked down. Like, we're not leaving our homes. Or if you left your homes to go for a daily walk or your daily COVID test because it's very strict, no shops are open. So it's like, you, you, can, you can go to the grocery store, but the grocery store is not open. So what, what are right. you even doing there, right? So that's basically, it started in on April 1st. Uh, you know, with things like this, it's beca- like, timelines become very crystallized because every day you're just counting like this is day oh yeah you know 43 of not being free right so we went through 60 days of the lockdown and things appear to go back to normal but what happened was guess what cases once they started to relax and people could gather socially it went up again and Mm -hmm. um we are now in a even stricter lockdown you can't leave your house for it says minimum 14 days until someone until like you get tested every day. And uh, if there's a new case, then the count starts again. And it's just this, it's just this thing. Like it's very hard. I understand. Like I'm probably just alienating anyone who's listening to this because like, if you live in North America, this is not a reality that you have to live through. Um, But I will say that the human mind gets kind of used to the new normal. Like, after a while, this is just normal. Like it doesn't matter what kind of thing you're living in. After a while, you get used to it. Um, right. You don't want to get used to it, but it is what it is. And I'm trying to also relate this to you because it sucks. Honestly, it sucks. And yeah. it, I'm not gonna say I'm doing great. Like I'm actually, honestly speaking, I'm doing really good today because I'm talking to you, and I like talking to you. I know you're. I I think we're gonna have a pretty good conversation. But I, do I, I don't want to sugarcoat this and just be like man, life is fabulous. You know, life is wonderful. And I have no worries in my life. Like I got things to, to think about, you know, um, you know, relationships wise, I'm married. 
you know, it's been up and down, like maybe TMI, too much detail, whatever, but it's not all sunshine and roses. I don't think it is for anybody. So I think, I think saying I'm doing good is just kind of the shorthand for let's, let's get to the next topic. Right. So, right. Um, anyways, that's, that's, uh, uh, that's what I'm going through right now. So. No, I mean, it, it is definitely very interesting because yeah, from, from my end of things, it's interesting because over here, it's like, you should wear a mask, but we're not going to stop you if you don't want to. And maybe you shouldn't be going out to bars and concerts and things like that, but we're not going to stop you. And it's just like, I wish that things were a little bit more strict because, you know, it's like, I, there are, there are people who I know personally who have died from COVID and Granted, it's not like anyone I'm super close with, maybe someone I was close to like 20 years ago or whatever, but uh, that's, that's much different. But it's still just like, you know, people, people are getting sick, people are dying, they're going to have long-term consequences as a result of this thing. And I think a lot of it is preventable. Obviously, you can't prevent all of it because people still need to do some amount of things, right? And obviously, there are the mental health aspects to worry about too, like, you know, you're, you're talking about like being strictly locked down for 60 days. And I know that there was stuff like food shortages and whatnot that were going on too, which is like another part of it. And obviously I don't think that everyone should have to live through that necessarily, but you know, there's, there's gotta be a better middle ground than just it being a free for all or trying to have like a, a zero COVID policy, you know? Absolutely. And I want to ask you like, cause you're American, you grew up in the U S all your life. I think you, you're from Minnesota, right? But you've spent a significant Correct. time in Roanoke, Seattle. I believe you're now you're in Richmond. Is that right? Yeah. I'm, I'm back in Virginia, just not in Roanoke. Okay. So has the pandemic just changed your views about Americans or maybe just mankind, humankind in general? I mean, I, I don't know that it was specifically the pandemic but certainly as all right maybe maybe i'll start from the from the very bottom here basically okay so my experience as a kid was growing up super poor with like no real caregivers basically fending for myself so that meant through a lot of my young adult life i like every ounce of mental energy i had had to be expended trying to make sure that I could pay rent or I had my next meal or whatever. Right. Yeah. And then survival once it, basically. Yeah, basically. And it's like, I, I can't afford to worry about someone else's problems when mm -hmm. it takes everything I have just to worry about mine. And then as I got older and kind of like solidified my life, found a career with, you know, just doing a bunch of magic related things basically. And my needs were met then that opened up space for me to start being like, oh, well, I can expend like some amount of my mental energy or bandwidth and like worrying about other people's problems and stuff like that. And like once that opened up, then I started kind of seeing like the bigger picture of like, you know, how bad everyone else has it, like uh, it co compared to me, certainly, but also just like in general, um, like not not even just in the US, but abroad and everything. And that just grew over time. And I started caring about those things more over time because my needs were continually met. So I didn't have to worry about that anymore. And then I think I was already getting to a point where it's just like, man, everything that 
America is built on, just like the rugged individualism and stuff like that. It's just like, that causes a lot of problems and it's like just a lot of bullshit, right? And then the pandemic starts and I'm just like, well, you know, people, people wear masks, right? Like it's not that big of a deal and it seems pretty obvious. And like, you look at any sort of like Asian culture or whatever, and like that was just like a thing that they were doing already. It's like yeah. not hard and was definitely a thing that when I saw it, I was just like, respect, you know, like that, that is awesome to have that amount of like foresight and empathy and caring where like, you know, I'm kind of sick and I'm going out in the world, so I should wear a mask so I don't get other people sick. Right. And it was just like, yeah, obviously like once that it gets explained to other people over here, like we're just going to pick it up and do it. It was just like, Oh wait, no. Yeah. Everyone sucks. You mean, yeah. Common sense did not prevail. I suppose. No, no. Instead people are just like, you're infringing on my individualism. So I'm not going to do that. And it's like, well, you're not really choosing to be an individual right now. You are being contrarian, which is different. Mm-hmm. I so, think you and Brian yeah. have, have explored this topic a couple of times in your, your podcast, which is about, you know, we live in society, so we can't just do things in a vacuum and just think about ourselves. And I understand the point you're making is like, if you're really thinking about survival or how do I get my next meal, maybe you can't think about, or not, maybe you cannot think about that because it's like that, is it Maslow's triangle? Like if you don't have the food in the shelter, then you can't worry about like higher level actualization and whatnot. But if you're okay, in a position- I didn't, I didn't know there was a term for that. I, it was just like a thing that I realized eventually. I, yeah. I mean, no, I mean, there's a lot of things in the world that is just common sense, but people find ways to explain it using some sort of fancy graph or framework. And yeah. I believe that's what it's called. It's like, there's a triangle. I could be wrong. I mean, I have to Google this. I'm too lazy to do it right now. But basically it's like, if you don't have your basic needs met, there's no way you can worry about, you know, world peace or solving cancer or worrying about your neighbors. Right. right? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I guess it makes sense that there is a thing, you know, like some some sort of, I don't know, Wikipedia entry for yeah. that whole thing. Like, oh, you know, there's a German word for everything, right? Exactly, but, exactly. Uh, but, yeah, but, like but for me, it was just like, <laughs> why, why do I care about this stuff now? But I didn't before. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm becoming less selfish, mm-hmm. not necessarily like becoming selfless, but I, I certainly have like more space to care about these things. And it was just like, thinking about how I was as a kid and mm-hmm. what I was worried about all the time. It's like, yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess that makes sense. And uh, so, yeah, I, I want to say something too, is that the mask thing and like, I think about that sometimes too. I've been living in China for the last 10 years before that I was in Canada. So I was very much like North American, maybe not in the U S but I mean, similar thing, like who wears a mask, right? Right. The, I do wonder, like, if had I stayed in Canada, would I feel more resistant to wearing a mask? Um, Maybe this is bad to say, but like living in China and Asia for the last 10 years has really just gotten me trained on the cultural norms of doing so. So maybe I would have bigger resistance. Of course, you never know. You can never figure that out. It's kind of like a sliding door is like alternate reality. James, what would he do? Right. But I do wonder about that sometimes, you know, I I think it depends on probably who you're friends with, who you're trying to impress you know, what kind of circles you're trying to roam in and everything. Like if, if it is, you know, you're, you're surrounded by a bunch of people who are just going out to bars and don't wear masks and stuff. I think you either very quickly find different friends or you are just doing the same thing as them. 
Yeah. And it's possible that you come to the realization like, Hey, this is very low opportunity cost. Why don't I just do this? Cause I actually care about other people. And I feel like given that, I don't know, you started this podcast, you talk about like the human interest side of magic, then you are more concerned about those things than like trying to impress your friends or peers or whatever. So I feel like you would have gotten there regardless. Thank you. Thank you for having that faith in me. I don't, I don't know, honestly, like for me right now, at least like present day, James, I'm just thinking like, just wear a fucking mask. Like, it's not that hard, dude. It's not that hard. Uh, It's, it's a piece of cloth. Uh, I, I admit before the severe lockdown that happened this year in China, like the, what do you call the second wave, third wave, whatever. I was not wearing a mask all the time, but in the subway, you wear one because you just don't want to pass it on or get it. And like <laughs> those 60 days, man, of the lockdown, I just, the thing was just organically grafted to my, to my face whenever I went out. Like there was, there wasn't even a world where I would conceive of not wearing a mask because also in China, like if you get COVID, you're in some serious shit. Like I'm not talking about like uh, actually getting sick. I'm talking about they'll put you in a facility for like 14 days and let you wait it out and not and you can't be at home. You have to be like in a, on a bunk bed with like all these other people. Yeah, um, they just quarantine you, right? Exactly, exactly. And which is fine, but I like my bed. I like Yeah. <laughs> I like my comforts, you know? So, you know, I'd rather not be in a position of that. So in China, there's also this incredible stigma around getting COVID, which I understand in North America doesn't even exist, right? No, not really. It doesn't seem like it. It's just like, especially now it's like people went from, well, we have to protect everyone else to, well, I guess this is just going to be the way it is. And it's just like a free for all. Everyone's kind of on their own. Like if you are immunocompromised, you shouldn't come to the event and that's kind of on you, but like, Mm -hmm. we're going to go. And if, if we get COVID, hopefully it's not bad. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. Um, like <laughs> I've, I've gone to exactly two magic events in like the last two months. And I don't foresee that being like common or anything. It is yeah. mostly a result of like, okay, I have to get out of my house after two years of being here yeah. and go see some people and have some human interaction. It was good or whatever, but it's like, if I went and caught COVID, I would feel really stupid. Yeah. Or it's like if if I had COVID and went and transmitted to someone else, I would feel really stupid and also really bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other people don't seem to have those feelings anymore. Like I think maybe in like May of 2020, mm-hmm. uh, you you would have seen some of that, but not anymore. Now it's just like, yep, got COVID, whatever, blah blah blah. You know, people just don't care. Mm-hmm. Have you severed actual valuable friendships because of stuff like this? not not valuable ones <laughs> not valuable anymore jerry no says. no ones ones that uh definitely could be afforded to cut loose the the one person i do know who died from covid was a person i was close friends with and used to drive me to like a bunch of magic tournaments back in the day like oh, i shit. i would have not played like those early pro tours if it was not for this dude mm-hmm. but uh he fell down like the maga rabbit hole and was anti-masking and COVID's fake and all that stuff. And he mm-hmm. got it and died. Sorry to hear that. Um, regardless of his, uh, his or her beliefs, like that's, uh, that's just a bad, bad ending. It is. No, it, it, it absolutely sucks. And I mean, it's, it is definitely a, a pipeline that happens to a lot of people. Right. 
yeah. but I mean, there's, there's nothing I can do about it now. And as far as, you know, like oh, our, our friendship is over, not cause you know, he refused to wear a mask or whatever, but because it ultimately killed him. Mm-hmm. It's just like, well, I mean, we, we weren't super close for a lot of reasons. So, you know, I'm not, I'm sad for like him and his family and everything, but like, I am not personally like beat up about like losing that friendship or whatever. And that is as far as, you know, people in the magic community or whatever, it's, it's kind of the same deal. It's like the, the more I start to care about the things that are going on, like in my community, in the world around me and stuff like that. It's like, I, I can't relate to anyone who also doesn't care about those things. You know, it's like, I can't really be friends with those people who are like maybe even have like all of their needs met for them right uh but still can't find like the mental energy or bandwidth to have some empathy i just can't relate you know what's interesting sometimes is that you work together with someone and you never realize how closely their values are to yours aligned until Mm -hmm. stuff starts happening like i feel that way with maybe the startups that i've been working on with my co-founder wilson and I feel like you and Brian have that kind of too, because you guys are essentially colleagues. Like you guys have been working on arena deck lists and doing content together. And it's almost like a coincidence that you guys happen to have similar values. I- I'm wondering if you, if you think about that, like, cause you guys have pretty consistent stances on things like these topics, but also on just how you approach life and magic. And I know he plays flesh and blood and you don't, that's probably the only difference right now. And <laughs> yeah, but that's, I know that's I know I'm I'm, that's a that's a very like trivial thing right but but isn't it crazy sometimes how like you work with someone for a really long time maybe you just have a good radar for who they are at the beginning right right it's like am I going to get into bed with this person unless I implicitly trust them and I mean think about it like think about how arena decklist got started where it was me Andrew and majors and Mm -hmm. they eventually both got hired off the wizards right and then it was up to me to pick whether or not a I continue the podcast or who to replace them with. Yeah. And I chose someone whose views aligned with me because at that point I had started caring. Right. And I, I had known Brian for a while. And I mean, Brian had certainly like a lot of imposter syndrome type of feelings coming into it. Cause he's like, I'm just an unknown. Yeah. He was very public about that. Right. And I mean, at the time, I think he had like under 500 Twitter followers or whatever. Right. It's just mm-hmm. like people, people had no idea who he was cause he didn't go to all the tournaments and wasn't very uh i mean he was he had a lot of stuff going on it wasn't just magic for him obviously so yeah i mean he he was he was a lawyer and he was pokering and he's married right like he he was doing a lot of stuff and as a lot of his time was spoken for uh he was making some magic content but he wasn't like promoting himself or or trying to like cash in on magic or anything like here's here's my cyborg cyborg guy pay me five dollars or whatever it was just he was interested in magic because he loved magic and that mm-hmm. was it. And I, I respected the way that he approached the game. I respected him as a person. And we had met a few times and chatted a handful of times or whatever. But I was like, this is a good dude. And like, this is someone who I think would be very good at this. And also I can get along with. And I think that that was more important than anything. He's a very good dude. I, I had him on twice on Humans of Magic. And I've just kept in touch with him. Like whenever I have any question about magic, I just DM him and he gets back to me like in an yeah. hour. Like he's yep. just really, he's just really nice. Now I'm sure everybody, we all have our enemies and you know, whatever, but like, he doesn't seem like he would make a lot of enemies just cause he's just a wholesome guy. But I, you know, he's been very nice to me. That's all I can say about that. 
Yeah, no, I mean, he is a good dude. I think he's one of the people where the only way you're going to end up hating him is if he takes a hardline stance against like something you stand for. Yeah. But if he is taking a stance against it, it's probably because you're doing something shitty. Mm, yeah. So about Arena Deckless, have you been surprised by the success that it's had? Has it been like matching your expectations below or above your expectations? Uh, it's been a wild ride. Uh, when Majors and I started it, uh, we really wanted to do like a, a spike theme podcast and Andrew was on board with that, at least in words, but like he, he is, he is not demographically a spike, you know? Uh, so he was trying to do different stuff with the Wait, show. Wait, what is he like a Vorthos or? I don't know how, not a how spike. to describe Andrew. I, like he, he honestly might be like part of all three or whatever. Like obviously he likes competing and winning and stuff, yeah. but like, he is is definitely not like I will play the best deck at any cost, you know. Mm. Uh, he he definitely wants to do his own thing and have fun and whatever. And I have some of that in me too. But I think that I I can cater to the spikes more, right? And that's more of where I align myself. Um, but, so you guys started with a bit kind of like mixed philosophies on the, what you wanted the content to be. But yeah, of course, but and, yeah. Andrew's like, yeah, let's do like spiky podcast, right? And he shows up and he's just like, no, let's do like this fun segment. And I'm going to talk about like this weird deck that's like tier three or whatever. And it's like, dude, this is like kind of not what we're going for or whatever. Uh, but I think that that stuff ended up being really good because we, we don't, we don't cater to a spike audience anymore. We're not trying to, because I don't think that that audience is necessarily listening to a podcast. So what, what do you cater to? Because maybe it's just like relative, but when I listen to it, it still feels like a pretty spiky thing. Like you're talking about what's the best decks and how to win and, you know, what's the <laughs> thing you should be playing right now, which is kind of shorthand for what's the best deck, right? Are, are we? I mean, have, have you listened to any of the episodes during the pandemic? I mean, half the episodes aren't even about magic anymore at this sure, point. Sure. I mean, I, that's like, the stuff I like, you know, you know, me, right? right. Yeah. But, but you're like, Oh, and then the rest of the stuff is about magic. But the, and look, but the five minutes right. of magic talk still seem pretty spiky. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, we, we definitely talk about that stuff. Cause I think it would be hard to talk about magic and not cover that stuff. And, you know, certainly we are, we are trying to give good advice. So it's like pointing out like obvious thing is, is the best obvious thing or whatever, mm -hmm. but yeah. I think I think for the most part it's just like the the human aspect is important too and just being relatable and I think that is the problem with some of the other like podcasts that pro players have done where they're just like I'm playing in this pro tour so I'm going to talk about this format or whatever and it's like that's just not, not relatable for most Yeah, people. right. It's like what is the PTQ season? Like what what are the Grand Prix or like local events that people are playing in? And like, they just never covered that stuff, but we always did. Mm -hmm. So it was like, we were, we were trying to be spiky, but made it a point to cater to an audience. Whereas they were just like, well, we're just talking about like what's going on with us personally or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's fine, but it's definitely not in the same vein as what we were doing. So you guys are a, a bit more, intentional about catering to an audience or whom you think is the audience right yeah and that was that was true from the get-go i where immediately i thought well if, if we're gonna do this for aspiring ptq players i would assume that the majority of those players are, are spikes or like spike leaning or whatever and it's it's just not true they're not like 
you, you may have some aspect of that in you where you do want to compete, you do want to succeed. But I think a lot of people kind of fall into the camp of like, I want to have the best version of the thing I like, mm-hmm. and I want to play that and feel competitive. Mm-hmm. And I think that we can do that. Like we can bring that show to people. And I think we do a decent job of that. Yeah. Yeah. You guys do a, a good job. You've got the lifestyle stuff mixed with the, uh, the magic stuff and, uh, which is, which is hit or miss. I don't know. You know, we, people are still listening. They still stick around, but it's still just like, you know, Brian talking about his pond for 15 <laughs> minutes. And it's just like, are people actually going to enjoy this? I don't know. But then you see, the replies to Brian's Twitter or something where someone else is like talking about their pond and like yeah. the, the wildlife they've cultivated there or whatever. And it's like, yeah, you know, like this is relatable to some degree, like for a lot of people, whether we're talking about ponds or, you know, Brian buying a riding lawnmower or, you know, me playing games or whatever, Brian talking about anime, like this, the stuff will hit for someone. Mm-hmm. And hopefully in the meantime, if it's not your jam, what we're talking about, you can appreciate two people talking about things that they're passionate about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you, you guys have been doing the episodes. Is it weekly? Uh, basically weekly. We've for a while, we were trying to do like five a month that kind of dropped off and, and we've missed, I think maybe two weeks, maybe it's three weeks at this point, but yeah. Okay. So pretty much a paragon of consistency here. And I, I, I do wonder if doing the more personal stuff is also a way to, keep yourself sane as you're doing it because would it be hard for you to just talk about 100 magic strategy or do you think that's pretty much like in your blood you can do it fairly easily <laughs> i i think we can both do it like me certainly brian maybe less so if he's not as tuned in mm-hmm. but i i think that we could but it's just like especially during the pandemic you know everything was just kind of bad in general but also things with magic were pretty bad and a lot of people couldn't play magic anyway. So like, why the hell, like if we're catering to our audience and they can't really play magic, then, then what's the point? I mean, at that point, let's just start talking about anime. Who cares? What is your relationship with magic today? Because I have this sense and please, this is why I'm so glad to talk to you because you can dispel this notion. My image of Jerry Thompson is like, he is, I know you're not a wrestling fan, even though you're from Minnesota, but Jerry Thompson is like the people's champion, right? And I watched he... wrestling growing up. I, I don't follow it very much these days. Okay, okay, okay. So, you, you uh, sure. I mean, how can you grow up in Minnesota and not see wrestling on the TV, right? Right. right. Yeah. You, it's part of the culture, right? Um, but I'm just saying... It, it's like mass in China, probably, you know? <laughs> yes, you have to... You, you, just, you just randomly walk around and you hit a mask or... Uh, a wrestling match on a, on the TV in a, in, in Minnesota, but someone wearing a Hulk Hogan shirt, of course. Yes. Whatever. Yes. Yes. Um, but I guess it's like my image of you and this could be totally wrong off base. So tell me if it is, is like Jerry Thompson is the people's champion. Jerry Thompson, first of all, does not give a fuck. Secondly, <laughs> Jerry speaks the truth. If, if he needs to speak out about SCG, he will. If he needs to say something is not going right in the world of Magic the Gathering, he will. If he does not like the MPL and doesn't want to have anything to do with it, he will not have anything to do with it. Jerry speaks the truth. So in light of what has happened in the past couple of years and where Magic is, wow, this is a super long lead. I'm a terrible interviewer, but uh, the question is like, what's your relationship to Magic now and how is it linked to your persona? 
if you can think of yourself as a persona, which is also a very weird question because it's like, that's you, right? But it's not. It is weird. It is weird. Uh, I certainly don't try to identify as like the people's champion or whatever. And I don't put any pressure on myself to necessarily speak out about things, but it's like, if, if something does piss me off, then yeah, I will speak out. About okay. it. It's just you. Something. It's just you speaking out. It's not. Yeah. yeah. And I, I think that this has been the case with me for a very long time. It's just like, now I have a platform, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Now they're giving me power. Yeah. And uh, I, I think before it would just be like, you know, me talking about stuff with my friends on AOL Instant Messenger for the, the boomer crowd, uh, if they remember that. But yeah, I don't know. Now I, I think I'm complaining about correct things, whereas before maybe I'm like nitpicking or complaining about things that I don't know about or whatever. I think. I'm, I'm doing things in a, a better way now, which is just good that I think that's just like growth as a person, but yeah, part, part of it is just being open to hearing like the views of other players and like being able to relate to that again, empathy, I think goes a very long way. So like when I hear, you know, folks in South America have it very bad as far as like trying to get onto the pro tour like they don't have a lot of slots and flights are a lot of money and like they keep getting screwed over like x y and z different ways and like a lot of the same is true for like the apoc region and everything it's just like how do you not get mad about that how because i think a lot of people are just like well if they give like south america more slots they might take away like some of the na slots and it's just like a who cares b i doubt it like that is just like not how these things work it's it's like people are just so worried that if they highlight the inequalities of someone else that it's going to take away from them mm-hmm. or you know maybe that they are happy being at the top of the food chain or being the ones that are wizard's favorite or whatever mm-hmm. and it's like they don't want that to go away and it's just like get over yourself you know like so you're, maybe you're probably yeah, not going to win those slots anyway so shut up maybe champions too strong a word but it does sound like you're you're a fan of like just having a level playing field right yeah, pretty much. I mean, I th- I think like it it mostly equates to things just being like just and correct. And I think that there are just inequalities all over the place, right? And just things are not like that. And it just really sucks. And especially for someone like me, like, you know, white cishet male, like <laughs> I've I've never encountered like any of these problems and I am very, very aware of that, where like my life was hard to a very large degree, but not because of that. Like my life was probably manageable because of not having all of those other obstacles. So I don't know. It's, it, it is weird to be like in a position now where I'm like mostly fine and comfortable. Like I'm, I mean, I, I just got laid off or whatever. So like I, I'm comfortable for now. The money might run out at some point, you know, but uh, like for right now, I'm doing okay. And I can't imagine being here if I had to go through like any of the other shit. So. So back to the question, like, how do you feel about your relationship to magic? Yeah. uh, Things are not just things. Things are not good. I think that this organized play announcement was very good, but it, 
I mean, it's just bad timing with the pandemic too, where all these events are happening. And, you know, if it were, if we're up to me personally, I think that these events should not be happening, but you know, whatever uh, it is, it is what it is. And they are definitely going to keep happening. People are going to keep going to them, whatever, but mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I, I was pretty excited to like, go to local stores and like start grinding PTQs again. Like this is kind of the organized play system that I grew up in and do really enjoy maybe less so when I was a kid and was like really hungry chip on my shoulder, like had something to prove or whatever. And there's, there's certainly less of that now, but I definitely do like competing and I like, I, I enjoy smurfing too. Like if, if you know the concept of smurfing, basically it's like, just, you know, going to a local store, beating up some kids, like it feels good. Is that the old Jerry? <laughs> it well, it's the current Jerry too. But yes, it's yeah, current. it's okay. both. Okay. Uh, some things, some things you just don't grow out of, you know. But I, I don't know. I, I would like to participate. I've been playing like a lot more on Arena recently, not for any particular reason. Like, oh, I want to qualify for the Pro Tour or whatever. It's like I don't even really want to play in the Arena Pro Tours when like the the matchmaking system is like pretty bad or like the direct challenging is like so bad it's like you have to input the person's name kind of like at the same time and it's like case sensitive and it's just like how is this so difficult yeah and every every tournament you also hear about this crazy bug that just forced people to just like basically give up a match they won they could have won and then or just forfeit the match for some crazy thing right right so it's just like Magic Online is like, okay, you click join, it just like auto pairs you, you know, you, your round is up, it populates the match, like you don't have to report through like Melee and Discord, you don't have like judges DMing you, asking you how much time is on your clock, it's, it's like, mm-hmm. it's just a joke, and the stuff that you mentioned was super bad in the last one, like, I think like the entirety of France got disconnected and got match losses for a round, and people, uh, Tangrams, I think, lost his top eight match because whenever, <laughs> like, the Fable the Mirror Breaker transformed, it would like crash arena. Yeah. It would just the animation like, was on too the animation. much. <laughs> yeah, so he's like crushing, basically crushing. Like, his, his opponent was, you know, on a three percenter to win or something. But it's mm-hmm. like instead, you have this thing that hangs your client. You have to restart. You log back in, but you skipped your turn, and now you're timing out. And it's just like this is again, like, not not just. It is not fair. It is not a good system so whatever uh i don't look forward to playing in those events but i was like you know i want to i want to beat up on some kids i'll play in some arena tournaments i did okay in one of the arena opens uh i did well enough on ladder to qualify for the next ptq which is explorer i've been on discord with my best friend josh and like we've been playing a bunch he won like his lcq to get into the ptq for explorer and stuff so I don't know. We're, we're like talking about magic every day. I'm like, that's, that's a good thing too. It's like, you kind of need someone who's sort of on the same trajectory as you to keep you invested. Right. Cause like, there's no chance in hell I would do this by myself, yeah. but uh, the, the PTQ stuff, there's a person who's somewhat local to me, Anderson LeClaire, who uh, lives in Norfolk, who's like trying to go to a bunch of the events and stuff. So it's like, either we meet there, we carpool or whatever. And it's like, hell yeah. Like I'll go hang out with this person who's, company i actually enjoy versus like going to a store where i don't know anyone and whatever so it's like part of it is i've got some of the social aspect back for Mm -hmm. it which is cool 
And I was looking forward to it. And then DreamHack Dallas got rid of like their COVID precautions. Yeah, they changed it, right? Yeah, which maybe they didn't even have them in place to begin with. I don't know. I think they changed it. But now for DreamHack Dallas, where the first like live pro tour is, they just don't have COVID precautions. And it's just like, look, I'm just, I'm not going to go to that. Yeah, I'm just not going to go. And it's not like, oh, I'm scared about getting sick. Like I'm... 38 relatively healthy mm-hmm. you know probably won't die maybe get long COVID or whatever but like I, I also don't care I'm incredibly self-loathing like if, if I were to die tomorrow I won't care so I'm not worried about me so I never looked at COVID as like risk assessment it was always harm reduction harm and reduction. I think yeah. that's the thing that people are missing in a lot of this stuff where it's just like okay you go to an event like oh I assess my personal risk and like if I get COVID blah 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 and it's like no, what, think about the damage you could do to everyone else around you, like all the people that you actually love and enjoy, right? Like mm-hmm. that's harm reduction. That's what you should be concerned about. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm concerned about. Do you, I, I know that intellectually and also maybe non-intellectually, you, you're really like a believer in that, but do you also feel like, do you have a, do you have a mind where you feel like you've missed out on the social stuff just because of your your stance. I mean, I, I stance yes! is probably the wrong yeah. word. It's just like, you know, because you want to have be a man of principle or a person of principle, but on the other hand, it'd be still nice to catch up with folks again. Right. So it's kind of a, it's got, it's like a dilemma as they call it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I know things have been hard for you and I know that I'm mostly like preaching the choir at this point, but for since March, 2020, so like I moved to Richmond in March of 2020, I know Two people here. There are a couple. I see them maybe once a month. Since then, I think I've had five people come to visit me and stay with me. And okay. then I've driven up to DC a handful of times to see Josh. Okay. But that's this it. is this is Josh Cho, right? One of your best friends? Correct. Yeah. Okay. And I mean, that's eight people of a handful of times, mm-hmm. averaging maybe like every three weeks over the course of two years when previously I, I lived in a house with three other people and would like go to FNMs where I knew half the people there and would travel on the weekends and say hi to like hundreds of different people. It's like, I'm basically introverted, but like, I still enjoy the human aspect. It just takes a lot out of me. You know, it's like, yeah. I want to go interact with all these awesome people and then go home and sleep for four days. But mm-hmm. like, I still want to do that. And yeah, absolutely. Like this, this has sucked. This, this is really bad. Um, again, I know it's bad for you. It's bad for other people. Um, this is just my experience. So, but like, I also don't feel like, well, I should just, you know, be selfish and give up my morals. Yeah, just go, to, just go Jerry unleashed. Right. I'm going to. Yeah. Cause it's like, how, how do I live with myself at that point? And it's weird. Cause I think a lot of people took the stance of like, you know yeah harm reduction that stuff matters blah 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 but then as soon as they saw like everyone else was going to events and having fun they're just like ah jk never mind i'm just like not going to care about this stuff anymore but it's like i can't change my mind like that Mm -hmm. i just can't like it's not how you're wired yeah no it's not so i don't know it it is it has been bad i'm thankful for all the people that have chosen to come visit me um think one of them flew in when like gratefully when there were still mask mandates on on airplanes mm-hmm. and everything mm-hmm. um and the rest just like drove 
when, when it's convenient, basically. So I am thankful for all of those folks who came and visited me because it, it kept me sane for that month, you know, mm -hmm. but it's like, that's kind of like all I had for that month for mm -hmm. human interaction. I mean, I, I have cats, they're great. Um, but that's, that's the extent of it, you know, and yeah. it's just, it's not enough. It's not enough for a human. And I get that. Like at some point things have to change and it looks like things are, are not going to change. So I am like very sparingly choosing which events to go to, to keep me sane, but it is definitely not like, Oh, you know, yeah. Jerry unleashed. Like I'm out in the wild again. It's just like, I need to do something to get out of my house to keep me sane. That's it. I feel that. I feel that because you've basically leaned into uh, being, what's the word? A recluse? Uh, yeah. Like hermit? I don't know yeah. what's the word, but by choice. And I, I'm, on, I'm on the same wavelength, man. Like I'm, I'm introverted, but I need the option to go out. Like I'm not going to go right. out, but, but I, I, I don't like to go out every, every Friday or whatever, but I like to have the option. And it's just, just, just knowing in your mind, you have the option just makes a world of difference. Right. Exactly. Like you don't feel trapped. Yeah. You may, you may choose to trap yourself and just be like, you know, I'm just going to stay home for five days or whatever, because yeah. that is what feels good to me. But on day six, maybe you want to do something else and you can't and like, through all the five days, you know that. So then all those days where, you know, it's basically supposed to be about self-care or whatever, then you're just feeling miserable because you know that on day six, you can't go out. And yeah, I, I can't imagine that. At least this was like, well, in theory, I could go out, but it's like, I know that I'm not going to. Yeah. I think for me, what really saved me was, uh, first of all, the cats. We These are definitely quarantine cats that I have. Like I got them, you know, during the pandemic, but also just having a partner. Like it's just... It's just, it would have been so hard to go through the 60 days or whatnot without having someone physically to, to, to talk to. Oh my gosh. As I'm speaking, my cats are trying to destroy the, the wall of the room there. Anyways, I think, I think it's fine. Yeah, they'll do uh, that. They'll, they'll, do, they'll that. do that. Yeah. I, it's, it's a blessing to have two cats because they just start like at first they really didn't like each other, but I think now they just sort of fight all the time. And I'm pretty sure they enjoy it uh, because they, they just like, they just imitate each other's behaviors. And yeah. I, yeah. Um, well, you're, you're a veteran of cats, but I, I'm learning this stuff for the first time. So, so like, I'm, I'm not an expert, right. But basically what I do with my cats is like, if, if they are fighting, I think everything is good until one of them hisses or meows or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, or like, you, you know, sometimes like one of my cat's claws will get caught on the other one's ear or something right. and there'll be like a struggle. Um, but it's, it's, it's just play, you know, it's like they're yeah. reinforcing like their, their instincts, like they need to stay fresh and mm -hmm. know that they can be capable of fighting against a predator Into or each other or little things. Yeah. Yeah. And like, if I'm not playing with them, like every single day, it's like they, they have a bunch of energy that they yeah. need to get out of their system and everything. So I, I think like play fighting is generally pretty good until it gets to that point mm -hmm. where, you know, it, it escalates and one of them is clearly not happening anymore. It's it's funny though, because our bigger cat is uh, is a short leg one. I think it's called a munchkin cat and um, her name is Cheese. Cheese likes to provoke the stronger um, able-bodied cat, I guess not like, like regular leg cat. And she likes to provoke him, but she'll be the first to like yell as soon as, as soon as like he fights back. So it feels, right. like, it feels like kind of a wussy move, to be honest. Like, like, you're provoking the other cat and you're just screaming as soon as he touches you. So I don't know what's up with that. Like maybe we have to train her or just, 
I don't yeah, know. I don't know. I don't know. I, I like maybe someday she learns that she's biting off a little more than she can chew, you know, but I think she knew that from day one, which is hilarious because she's basically like a kind of sedentary cat, like, and the other cat is basically like an athlete. So it's like, why would you challenge an athlete to a, why would you challenge an (laughs) MMA fighter to a fight? It's like they're reaching and, and they can strike you and your legs are so short that like, basically she has to rely on, on jumping on, on him, like flopping on him to get, to get mm-hmm. the hits in but uh that's neither here nor there so my well, the, yeah <laughs> how, how do you get better at magic uh, by, play, by playing against people who are better than you right <laughs> so how do you get better at fighting it's kind of the same thing you so gotta you gotta you gotta this, fight up yeah. yeah yeah this is like she's she's punching above her weight class she's mm-hmm. just doing her rocky training montage and you know yeah. maybe someday she'll get there or someday she'll figure out that maybe she should Stop poking the bull or whatever, poking the bear. Yeah, exactly. I, I, I'm just hoping that they get more chill as cats because they, they've, they've already started getting more chill and they're not fighting as much as they used to. It's just mm-hmm. probably just getting older. Um, oh gosh, that was a tangent. But where I was going with my question to you, Jerry, was um, it's also tougher just being alone and single, right? Oh God, that sounds like such a terrible thing to say, but like just more, it's more isolated. I'm just trying to relate my situation yeah. and how... Like having someone physically in the household really helps, even if there are some days we don't really want to see each other or talk to each other. But just having the option to talk to someone in proximity is a good thing, I think. Right. I agree. And I've certainly thought about this, like, you know, both when the pandemic started and then again on like day 200 or whatever, where I'm like, this sucks. But I also knew that, you know, say I had a roommate this entire time is like, well, I, you know, I probably would have kicked them out or gotten kicked out by, by now anyway. So I don't know, like, it, it also seems kind of tough to just be like, well, you know, does anyone want to like come crash with me for six months or whatever <laughs> until I get sick of you and then just have like a rotating crew or something like that'd be nice. But um, logistically it probably doesn't really make sense. So I don't know. I, I agree. If I had another person here, it'd be, it would be much easier. I wouldn't be feeling as bad about like being isolated and being lonely and everything. And I've, I've, you know, I have the podcast with Brian every week. That's nice. And I try to like discord chat, hang out with some friends on a semi-regular basis, but it's not the same. Like, I think, I think it checks like some of the boxes, but not all of them where at the end of it, like I, I still feel isolated, even though I've, I've been interacting with humans or like I talk to people on Twitter or whatever. It's just not the same as like being face to face. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can talk to uh, your 40,000 followers, but it's definitely doesn't hit the same, I guess. Yeah, maybe you get dopamine for 10 minutes. Yeah. Then it's gone. What what keeps you in Virginia? Like you've been there for like what, 2-3 years? Like what what what's the anchor that keeps you there? Uh it's, it's a long story and I'm this, this is a thing that I probably won't get into all that okay. much because uh, okay. it doesn't concern me. But basically, like I, I moved here to be closer to my partner. I no longer have a partner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you know, I'm not going to speak ill of her or anything. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's about it. So, yeah, now okay. now I'm here. Don't know anyone. Am am locked into a lease for at least like another eight months or something. And okay. Maybe I'll move. Maybe I won't. But like the the problem with that too is like where do I go? You know, like yeah. I I used to I used to have an answer for this where 
I, I just knew like what, what my backup plan would be, like what my exit strategy would be. Mm. But um, now I don't, I can't think of a place that has like a high concentration of like good people that I really want to be around that would definitely be better than somewhere else. So mm. there's like five places that I think would be okay, but nothing that I think would be great. And here is about the same. So I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, definitely don't come to Shanghai. Um, but, but what about Seattle? Like you were there for quite a bit, right? Or do you think it's just like, you don't want to see those, some of those people like, cause it's not that big of a city, right? I don't well, know how you think about it. Yeah. I, I do like a lot of the folks in Seattle still, it is not as dense as it used to be as far as like people I got along with. And there are a lot of reasons for that. So like Brian moved back to New York, which mm-hmm. I didn't see him all the time, but it's kind of like. Nice to have that option. Yeah. Yeah. Like being trapped. Right. Versus like knowing you're able to go out. It's like, well, I know that I can go hang with Brian at some point. Like I did a lot of the time. It was like, all right, Mm -hmm. dude, I'm going to drag you out of your house. We're going to mocks or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. And he'd be down for that. And, uh, Cedric moved away also kind of the same thing. And then the house that I was living in has three people that I would still consider like close friends, but maybe like not as close as when we were living together before. And a lot of that is just kind of like our paths diverged a little bit. We're not necessarily on the same trajectory. So it's like things, things are good, but maybe not as great. And then also like a lot of the folks at Wizards don't really like me anymore. As you can probably- Are you blacklisted now or what? What Uh, happened? You burned all the bridges? Well, the thing about blacklist is like, they're not really public, right? So- It's it's, a shadow ban. Yeah, it's, it's difficult for me to hard confirm it, but I would say, yeah, mostly, but I don't know. Like, also, I was at Command Fest Richmond, and like Scott Larrabee came up and like said hi to me, and I was very confused by that because I was like, ah, I was pretty sure you hated me, but whatever. Mm. Um, so I don't know. Pe- people are weird. Um, it, it would just be odd to be in an area where I like a lot of the people, but then they like some people that don't like me or I don't like them. So it's like still not that cohesive and great. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But the one thing I know about wizards is that the left hand does definitely doesn't talk to the right hand. So it's like, you could still get your way into a, a role if that's what you want. I'm not saying that's what you want, but it's like the, the company is so big that even if you have people that don't like you on a personal level, you could probably still find a way in people that do like you on a personal level because it's just not that organized. So you can kind of use that to your advantage if you wanted to. Uh, I mean, that's kind of true, but also social media exists. So say it's like, I want to hang out with person A and then, you know, they like person B doesn't like me, but A is tight with B. Then B's like, Hey, what are you doing? And they're like, Oh, you know, nothing. But then we go out to a place and then then a picture gets posted where, you know, it's just like, I, I was all about that stuff in my twenties. It was like, yeah, hell yeah. Drama, bring it on. You know, now it's like, I want to, I want to hear about the drama, but I want to be like an arm's length away from it at least. So even just like inserting myself into that and being like, Oh, I have a bunch of agency. It's like, I learned very quickly that I do not. Yeah. That in, in those situations, it's like, you cannot possibly control everything. So I'm just not even going to try. And instead it's just like, if I, basically like can't live in seattle anymore then so be it you know yeah yeah how about denver i i i know you didn't expect this to run down a list of cities that you could potentially no, move I'm, to but denver's okay i mean like 
Cedric and I have been friends for decades at this point. I, I really like P. Sully. Uh, like I, I've known him for decades, but we haven't been like super tight through all of it or anything. And then I don't know, there's like Luis, who I, I think is basically the same, where it's like we were tight at a point, but not so much anymore. Mm-hmm. And we're we're all just kind of like doing different stuff. So like in theory, it's like, yeah, these are all people whose whose company maybe I enjoy or whatever, but like I don't mm-hmm. know that it's the place for me. Also, it's like pretty, pretty deadlocked, right? It's like hard to get to other places from there outside of flying. Whereas if I want to do stuff on the East Coast, I could drive at least. Yeah. Yeah. What about just like uh moving to a new place, new city, new start, and just kind of lean into the anonymity and just not be a, a magic person and just kind of like get to know people outside of magic i'm sure you've explored that or thought about it too right because well that was a thing that i was pretty fine with doing moving to richmond but then i moved in march of 2020 and i signed yeah. my lease like maybe a month before that but where it was like you know corona was a thing or whatever but it wasn't like you know, very serious pandemic. Like, how could that thought like ever cross my mind where like, this is going to happen. I'm basically going to be in my house alone for two years. Right. It's like, Mm -hmm. if I knew that I I would not have moved, uh, certainly here and like probably would have tried to get a roommate and stuff, you know, like things, things would have been much different. Um, but I, I like Richmond as a city. I think it is like fairly progressive and hip and cool. And I would like to go out and do stuff and meet people, but that's just not really an option. So like if there was a city that I could do that in, I think Richmond is towards the top of the list. I think Denver's up there too, honestly, like Seattle would be good for that. Um, LA would be good too. LA is just hella expensive though. I think that Mm -hmm. LA would probably check all the box boxes, except for like, I would need to start making a lot more money before I could ever move out there. So Mm. you got to build up the arena podcast, uh, empire a little bit more it's it's hard when magic sucks and also when i don't <laughs> want to exploit people so yeah those, that's, those, those, those two, two things, things make it hard yeah yep. yeah yeah okay okay what about just like because when i asked you about your relationship to magic you were talking about how you know getting back on the kind of the grinding scene and playing arena and qualifying and the new pt system but what about like magic in other ways have you found that you've become more chill and just embrace magic the maybe the fun or the casual side a bit more or are you still fundamentally the same dude that was playing magic 10 15 years ago yeah i don't think that aspect has changed like i i did go to a command fest but i also played zero games of magic and Mm. i have no interest in getting involved in commander like the the whole premise for commander i respect but i'm just not built that way and it's it's the same thing with basically any board game and that's what commander is it's a board game right yeah yeah a vehicle that you use to hang out with your friends but also while you get to do something so you're not you know just sitting around awkwardly or whatever yeah and i think that that thing existing is hella dope i think it is great for basically like everyone who is my peer who is not me uh, it's, it's just like not something that I can participate in. Cause it's like, I would either want to be focused on the people or the game yeah. and I can't half-ass both. Cause I don't feel mm. very good about it. You know, mm. it's like, well, if we're just going to hang out, let's just hang out, which is yeah. what I did. Yeah. I just, I went to command fest for a little bit, sold some magic cards and mm. talked to a couple people. And then it was just like, all right, hotel lobby. I'm like, let's just hang out there and bullshit. You know? Yeah. Yeah. 
Hey man, I like I like your truth. I like your truthfulness here because I, I've been challenged a few times already. Like James, do you have a commander deck? I'm like, no. You know, I uh, I've interviewed commander people. I, I, I like you. I think it's a it's a board game. It's a fun board game, but it, it's it, I should like it a bit more because it's for people like us, maybe in our middle age selves, where like we can enjoy a bit more it a bit more casually. But I've never understood this kind of arguments about how like. You know, this thing is busted in Commander. Well, dude, the thing costs six mana. Like, how can it not be busted? Like, it's just like, <laughs> right, like I'm trying decks, to kill you on turn three here. Our yeah. decks would be very good. Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe I should get into, what is it? Competitive EDH? CDH? That might be yeah. the thing for me. Um, I mean, I mean, maybe, but then it's kind of the same thing. But yeah. then you're mo- like, if, you're, if your deck is competitive and you're going to want to focus on playing the game then again the social aspect is going to suffer right so yeah Yeah. i don't know i would basically be like yeah we can play a game and then talk about it afterwards and hang out or whatever Mm -hmm. but like i don't want to do the whole like i don't know so like i was i was hanging out with like crim olivia and uh, a couple other people lava spike Mm -hmm. and cnc and they were playing a game while I was just hanging out with them. Oh, this and is just recently at, the, at that command fest. At, at the command fest, right? And yeah. at some point, like someone else walks in, Olivia gets up and has to like go say hi to the person. And the other three people are just like waiting there patiently <laughs> while the game is on pause or whatever. And it's just like, I would just not be able to do that. This is the game and, that never ends. Yeah. Right. And it's just, it's also impossible for me to like play 1v1 when, when my one opponent is taking a long time on their turn. Yeah. Right. Like imagine you have three opponents and it's just like you got to call yeah. slow play on that shit. Yeah. I know. I mean, the judges, especially the commander judges, notoriously bad for enforcing slow play. <laughs> we all we all know this. Yeah. So I don't know. I just I couldn't do it. Like even when I lived in a house with board gamers, they would invite people over for board games or just D&D play the board game, right? We don't have to play commander, just play board games or hang out. Well, no. So like they would have people over. I would sit on the couch, they would play on the table, they're right next to each other, and people are like, You sure you don't want to play? Like, this is weird. And uh, my one roommate Andrew is just like, nope, that's that's Jerry. Like he's gonna be there. He'll be hanging out. He's just not gonna play the game. And I'm just like, hell yeah! Like this this dude like sees me, respects me, like get yeah. gets what I am about, right? Yeah. Gets what experience I want to enjoy. And and that's basically what it was. Like I would I would hang out, uh, maybe be part of the conversation depending on what was going on. And then the game would finish, and then we'd all hang out. And that was the good part for me. But yeah. like the the half game, half socializing, I want no part yeah. of it. Yeah. So you like the gathering, just not, you don't need to do the gathering in the gameplay. You just need, you can just do the gathering, the hotel lobby or whatnot. That's, that's good enough. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't, I don't get trying to ruin our fun gathering with this stupid game. You know, do you think it's also just because people are not, don't have enough social skills where they need to actually play a game to have socialization? That could be it, right? Yeah. I I don't think it's true of a hundred percent of people and uh i mean i'm making massive generalizations here i understand so yeah yeah but i i I do think that it helps kind of like grease the wheels or like be an icebreaker for someone where it's like i mean especially if it's like well i know this one person but i don't know the other two like what the hell at least now i can talk about like their deck or this play that just happened or something like that is that is definitely true but i don't know for for me for most social situations i don't have a problem like you know taking control of them finding common interest whatever uh so i i don't i don't need like the game to do that or i don't know i just i just don't need that Mm -hmm. yeah what about the your how about the streaming life i know you recently started is it recent like you started streaming streaming a bit a bit regularly is that right uh i tried i fell off um 
What happened? Oh man. Streaming uh, sucked. Well, yes and no. Like there are some aspects that are so good, but it's also so hard. What's so good about uh, it? Uh getting getting to interact with a lot of people, even though it doesn't give me the feeling of interacting with people. Mm-hmm. It, it's still like feels it's not like full good. satisfaction interaction. It's like part way. Yeah, it's like, oh, I'm getting asked questions and now I have to think about them and answer them. And like this is like new and interesting because I'm just like by myself all day, right? So I'm forced to engage in a different way, but then at the same part, it's just like, I can't visualize like the name on the screen as being an actual person, right? Like it's basically like robots are talking to me and it's just like that, that doesn't do it. Even if it's like, I know the screen name is this person. I know this person, what, you know, just like that. It doesn't connect for me. Yeah. So I, I do like the fact that it is, it is something different and I'm forced to be a little bit more active, but also that active part of it takes a lot out of me. Yeah. So um, I, I was planning on starting to stream uh, basically like in last December and yeah. the house I was living in continually refused to fix my like heating AC unit. So my house was just like 50 degrees at all times. Mm-hmm. So I was instead of like being able to like be in my office comfortable streaming, I was like on the couch with like two tons of blankets on top of me, mm-hmm. uh, just like trying to keep warm. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it was like, okay, well I got to get the hell out of here. So then it was a lot of like figuring out where I'm going to move to and like getting all that stuff set up. And then I moved and that was the whole thing. And then finally got settled, started streaming again. Um, but yeah, you know, like, breakup happened kind of like around then and like mental health was not good and i thought i was okay for a little bit and was like trying really hard but then it's yeah. like you miss a day and then the next day it's like well i missed the last time so maybe it's not yeah. that bad if i miss this one and then it's just like yeah i haven't done it in a month or whatever yeah i feel like your strength is in articulation anyways i know you said that like it's not really like plus ev to write articles at least in the current system right because right. unless you're writing for scg where they're paying you a good a good wage then generally speaking it's very hard i know you've written a few pieces on arena decklist i read your your uh what's the play article i thought it was quite good um but um but i i and i think you and brian had talked about like what it would be like to go from articles to youtubing and youtube is just a whole can of worms that you have to learn but i I know there's people who have even small time content creators uh have quite a lot of success if they just crank out content all the time on YouTube, maybe you could translate essays into video, but I, I think that's hard, right? That's that requires a lot more craft and preparation yeah. and stuff. Yeah, I mean, it's it is something that's definitely doable, and we thought about doing it and even put out like some uh videos when we were starting to hit things like a little bit harder. I don't know, like 2019, maybe or yeah. maybe like 2018 or something. and we were like doing some brawl stuff when they announced brawl. And it's just like, I, I know it's like slow going and takes time and everything, but it's just like, it really didn't get any traction whatsoever, but yeah, it, you just need to be consistent and recognize that it, it's probably not going to be the same audience, which is like both a pro and a con where it, mm-hmm. it's a con where, you know, I, I have 40,000 Twitter followers. I have, 10,000 people that listen to the podcast on average and you know then like a thousand people watch a video on YouTube or something and it's just like man why you know those 40,000 people why can't I just get them all to watch the video 
or, yeah. or listen to the podcast or whatever, but it just doesn't work like that. But yeah. the good thing about that is if you go on YouTube and you're hitting a new audience, then maybe you get more Twitter followers and more right. people listening to the podcast and everything. So it, it's basically like you're starting from scratch, like all mm-hmm. over again. Like you're basically a nobody if you're, you know, you have a platform somewhere else and then try and get started on YouTube. So it's very, yeah. very strange. Start from zero. Yeah. I know, I know you recently asked about Instagram, but I mean, are we going to start seeing like Jerry Thompson TikTok dances or what? Uh, TikTok, probably not. I mean, I think, I think I'd be okay on YouTube. I think that I'm, I'm definitely not creative enough to do video stuff for TikTok. And like, maybe I'm overestimating how much it actually takes to be successful there or whatever. But I don't know. I think like people are just genuinely like very creative and very funny and I'm not really that. So Mm. I don't know. Uh, You're pretty hard on yourself sometimes. I think I, I think I'm realistic, and yeah. I am. I'm certainly hard on myself. I'm hard on everyone else too. Um, That's fair. But but yeah, you're you're right that I'm probably the hardest on myself. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, I don't have any more questions, man. I don't know. Is there anything else you want to just get off your chest? Because this is not arena decklist. You can just like vent or say whatever <laughs> you want. Oh man. Um. I don't know. As, as far as the content stuff, I think I do just probably need to pick a lane and, and work with it. And like for, for YouTube and even as much as it is starting from scratch audience wise, it's also like, well, I learned over the course of 15 years, like how to craft a decent article, like not good, decent. And then to try and translate that into YouTube and like either learn editing or pay someone, it's like all very daunting. And you know, for anyone who has like ADHD or any sort of like executive dysfunction or whatever, it's just like, that is that that's the main issue that you face is like any sort of like hurdle or friction. Uh, Brian and I talked about stairs. I don't know if you listened to that episode or whatever. I have not. So can you, can you quickly fill me in? Yeah. Uh, did, did you ever play uh, dragon warrior or like dragon quest one basically on? Nintendo? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So you, you're like walking around, you come to a staircase, but it's 1994 or whatever. So then you have to like go into a menu and there's like five options on left, five options on right. You have to, you can't hit up to go to the bottom because that'd be too easy. You had to like go down five, go over, click stairs. And it's like, okay, now the game loads, you're upstairs. And it's just like, why the hell is this a thing? Right. And like, you go back and try and play this game because of nostalgia and it's it's too, too many goddamn stairs. (laughs) Right. And uh, Nick Prince, good friend of mine, stayed with me for Command Fest and also fellow ADHD haver. We we talked about like stairs and friction a lot and like how it has affected our lives. And it's, it's basically like I have molded my life around that even before I knew I had ADHD because I knew that these were such huge issues where it's like if the laundry, like the washer dryer is close like it's in my bedroom or in my bathroom or something like doing laundry is it costs me nothing it's so easy it's like i have i have dirty clothes there in a hamper the hamper is taking up space like i can do the laundry i can put it away no no big deal but it's like you put it in like a room that's kind of like hard to get to or whatever and it's just like i don't do laundry until everything is piled up like i have no clean clothes left Mm-hmm. and that that's that's what it is it's just it's stairs it's friction 
It's just mm-hmm. anything that gets in the way. So it's like you, you're like, oh yeah, you know, just uh, get get some overlays and get some uh, emotes and uh, you know, figure out like what decks you're playing and maybe like for YouTube is just like, all right, yeah, figure out how to like edit videos and like yeah. how to do all this stuff with like uh, trying to work the algorithm and everything. And at that a lot point, of friction. Then, yeah. A lot yeah. Of friction. It, it's, it's immense. Whereas like the article writing, it was just like, I do it on my own time. I have figured out a way to do it where mm-hmm. the editor doesn't yell at me, which means that I don't have to pe- deal with people. So mm-hmm. that's good. And I just do it all, you know, from my house and everything. And yeah, it's just like, I don't know, be like Nick and uh, another friend of mine, Adam Hernandez, were like linking me to ADHD Twitter threads, basically. And they're just like, dude, I think you have ADHD, <laughs> like all the, all this stuff that you're telling us, right? And it's just like, people would talk about this sort of stuff, like executive dysfunction. And I'm just like, oh uh, yeah, that's that's me. That's me. But it's like, I don't, I don't feel like I'm, I'm hyperactive or whatever, yeah. like whichever way it gets mischaracterized or whatever. Uh, but it's, it's my brain that's hyperactive, right. And needs to be engaged and plugged into something. Um, that is so yeah. interesting though, because the same arguments you have for, you know, doing these things and having a lot of friction, other people will feel the same about writing an article or even learning magic, the gathering. So it's like, Correct. it's like, how do you, how do you think about that? Is it just because you were much younger when you did start doing these things like magic and writing that you're okay with it? I, I put off writing for a long time. Like I, I wrote articles hundred percent because of Chapin because oh, really? he was, he was the one who was like, I talked to Pete, you have a job. You have to submit an article, like do it now. But I'm oh, like, I, don't I didn't want... know that. Yeah. Okay. I, I, was, I was just like, no, it's like a lot of work. I don't want to do it. Blah, blah, blah. And uh-huh. he, he basically like made me start writing. And then like, once I did, I was like, oh, this is actually not that bad. So he saw something in you basically. Yeah. I mean, I, so you remember when SCG had like forums for their articles and you could like, that's, that's before my time. My okay. I don't remember that at all. Yeah. yeah. So it'd be like click to discuss this article on the forum. Right. And it would take you to like this old. Oh, that sounds way better than Facebook comments. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, somehow it was, even though, even though the, the forum was anonymous, like mm-hmm. Facebook, Changing it to Facebook comments was a drive to get people to be less of shitbags. Mm-hmm. And it just didn't work. Like, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't like, oh, they'll only say it if they're anonymous. They were just like posting on main. They just didn't yeah. care. Um, sorry for the tangent. You were talking about the forums, the old. Yeah, forums. but like the, the, the forums were all anonymous too. But it was just like, you know, if you're in a magic forum in 2004, like you're probably there in good faith, right? Like you, you, oh, weren't, yeah. you, you weren't there to like, start shit because the entire community would excise you because the entire community was like 500 people or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like people would go in there and there'd be like decent discussions. And I would like go in and uh, like, you know, ask about like a thing they wrote or suggest something else or, or in instances of where like, I didn't like the person or thought they were a hack or whatever. I'd be like, Hey, this is wrong. Like, actually you're full of shit. Like, here's why, you know? And I did that enough times where people were like, Oh, Hey, like this, this person's right a decent amount of the time. And then, uh, you know, started hanging out with Chapin and I kept, uh, talking to him about decks and everything. And then he would like, basically like almost maybe not every article, but it was like occasionally, like there would be a thing where he's like, Oh, and like this tweak was really good. It was made by Jerry, blah, blah, blah. And then there was one article that he basically tricked me into writing for him. 
where he was like, hey, can I interview you for my article? And I was like, yeah, sure. Uh, but it was just, you know, him posing me five questions and then like me answering them all in article length. And he was like, boom, you just wrote an article, dumbass. Like, it's not that hard. You could just Entrapment. do Entrapment. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I mean, that was about it. You know, it was, it was just over from there. I was like, it's wild, man. I didn't know that's how you got started. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, Chapin can be a weird dude. He can rub people the wrong way, but I love him to death. And I, I owe a lot of stuff in my career to him. Absolutely. Like he's, he's, he's one of the greats. He's brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I would not be here without him. Absolutely. I, th- not. I think of Chapin and uh, Zvi and like these guys, it's just like, they're just on a different level, right? I, w- I would put you in that camp too, like just in terms of your your magic theory and things like that. Yeah. I don't know. I think I think Zvi gets it. Like he's he's like beautiful mind. I just like mm-hmm. can read the stars sort of shit. Yeah. Whereas yeah. I take the information that is there and I bring it together and maybe a then, bit more grounded. Yeah. Right. It's like I can't I can't create it on my own. But if I see all the deck lists that someone is playing, then I can build the best version of all the decks. Yeah. But Chapin is like, I will build all the decks. And I'm like, okay, well, I'll, I'll tune them, I guess. Like now okay. that I have all the information. And Zvi is just like, I just made up a word to define like what caused this game to yeah. be won or lost or whatever. And it's like, what the hell? I could never do that. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I, I'm okay as long as like the information is there and present. Like I'm I'm a good researcher, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but they're they're the dudes who invent math, yeah. that sort of stuff. What about just saying like, fuck the visuals, fuck the visuals. I'll just do YouTube <laughs> and I'm just going to literally just read out what I write. Just literally read it out. That's yeah. it. Yeah, I could do that. Um, I mean, that, that's another thing that I wish that I was doing more of was just like being more accessible. And like any, anytime we post something on AD is having like an audio version of it too, mm-hmm. um, or, or all text or whatever. And mm-hmm. it's, it's just stairs. Like, yeah, I know I should do more of it and then subsequently feel bad as a result of not doing it. Uh-huh. Uh, but yeah, it's, just, it's like kind of a hard habit to get into not because it's hard but because that type of stuff like scares the shit out of me and takes all my energy away yeah so uh i i think that we we could do what you're talking about but that's a way to get kind of like what we have now is like you know we'll post the podcast that's true like raw with no background and get like two or three thousand views or whatever but i don't think we're ever going to grow off that and at that point is it worth the time like if i was going to do it i'd want to do it right and try and make it happen because otherwise what's the point Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah that's uh that's definitely a consideration yeah uh, definitely don't take advice from me i'm you know i'm just i'm just we're just shooting the shit just having a brainstorm that's all yeah no i mean it like at at the very least i should probably just be doing that for you know whatever i post on ad like you're absolutely right and it, it wouldn't be that difficult because i can i can record a moto video um you know, like I have OBS set up, I have like the overlays already there. I've done all the groundwork. So that stuff is easy to me. I can, you know, download it and, and upload it. I used to do that stuff for SCG on the reg. Um, so I just need to get all of that stuff in place and, you know, I've, I've taken steps to do it, but like, it's, it is a lot for sure. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it it like, give me, give me a couple years or whatever. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. 
Well, here's the thing too, is like for a long time, I wasn't doing this, Jerry. Like I, I, I stopped just blogging because I had this podcast, I had work, I had other stuff. But recently I started just writing a weekly uh, blog. It's almost like for myself, because I know there's not a lot of readers. I might have a few hundred readers on my email list, but mm. that's it, right? And I'm always writing about weird shit. I'm not consistent either. So <laughs> I'm always writing about like, one, one week I'm writing about, you know, turning 40. The other week I'm talking, uh, you talking about magic. Another week it's about like the lockdown. So it's totally inconsistent. It's like the number one rule of content creation. Like you have to be consistent. I'm not in the lane, but I actually found it to be quite good because I actually feel like I am kind of a, a writer. Like I need to write something like podcast doesn't, podcasting doesn't scratch the same itch for me. Like, I feel like there's some words I need to get out of my head and podcasting doesn't quite do it. So I'm wondering if you think about that too, or it's more like, it's more about writing to an audience. Cause I'm, I'm certainly not writing to an audience. Sometimes I just, even at the end of my blog, I'll just say like, yeah, thanks for reading. If you got this far, but I'm really writing more for me than for you. So, you know, yeah. it's, it's more like a public journal kind of thing. Right. Well, I mean, when you talk about podcasting, you're talking about like this podcast specific, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but I'm, you're you're taking the role of interviewer in this podcast. Mm -hmm. So I think... Not not so much as a teacher, because I think when you're in your right. content, it's more like a teacher. I guess. And it's it's not about you, it's about the other person. And I think right. that in, in this episode specifically, maybe you got to share a little bit more of what's going on personally than you normally do. Mm -hmm. um, but, but yeah, it's, it's never on you. So I totally understand you needing to have some sort of outlet, uh, especially if you're, you're on lockdown, your, your wife has heard it all already. You know, it's like, you need to talk to someone else, but I mean, you could do a different podcast, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah for sure. I I've, I've done different things, not just the humans and magic stuff. Um, uh, but yeah, yeah, you're right. Like, cause I'm not coming from a, a position of teacher, although this year I've tried to, I don't know how successful it is, but I've tried to become more just having a conversation and not just like, okay, here's, here's like 10 questions for you, Jerry. Like, cause okay. I, I, I'm trying to inject a bit more of myself too. I don't know how well that has worked, but it's, it's just kind of uh, stylistic changes, I guess. Yeah. We'll see how it goes. No, that's cool. Uh, what, what brought that on? Well, I just realized that at the end of the day, like when you're creating, when you're creating content and by the way, you're a master, so please give me the feedback. Like people want to just, people want to follow the person, right? So it's like a humans and magic episode might be good, but it's good because of Jerry Thompson. It's good because of like the guests. And I don't, I'm not saying it's, that's not the main reason. It should be the main reason, but I think people also care about who is the host and they need to put a bit more of their personality out there. It's just like how why you and Brian might have like small talk and because people, there were people that want to like know more about the personal side of things about you specifically and not just what kind of strategy insights you offer. So that's my hypothesis. I could be totally wrong, but I feel like people follow you because of you and not just because of like you being a brilliant magic strategist or a brilliant interviewer. I'm not saying that I am, but I'm, but a decent interviewer. So that kind of thing. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, if you, if you want to get into parasocial relationships, <laughs> sure, why not? We, we could talk about that. But it, it's interesting because I I think that Brian and I eventually realized that people are there kind of for us for whatever reason, and I think the people that there are definitely people that will tune in if like the title is catchy or we're talking about the deck that they play or, or something along those lines, but. 
when it the, the show's premise is like you interviewing someone specific and that someone specific gets 80% of the airtime and you're mostly there asking questions. I think people will listen to the show and like respect you and follow you if you are good at bringing out you know, whatever sort of aspect people enjoy seeing from the person you're interviewing. And I think that you do do a good job of that, but you're right in that then they don't necessarily get to know you. So then it's just like, well, pick a lane, right? Like, yeah. do you want, do you want people to get to know you a little bit better? And is like, is this the right platform for it? Or should you also be doing something else, which is, yeah. you know, maybe another show or, writing or streaming or YouTubing or, you know, yeah. whatever you want to do, or should it just be like, yeah, I'll just inject more of myself into this. Or does that take away from what makes the show good, which is getting yeah. the most out of the person, but like maybe having a conversation does get the most out of the person. Maybe it varies from guest to guest. Like mm -hmm. maybe you don't figure it out until you have them on once. And then you're going to be able to know how to conduct yourself on the second time that they're here. You know, I don't know. For sure. Uh, I mean, these are these are great observations, and I I've thought about it too. It's kind of like um, another reason why I want to have more of myself in it is because there are some guests that it's not problem for you because you're very public already in terms of podcasting. But there are some guests that it's very hard to get them to open up, and they're thinking like, "Who the fuck is this guy, James?" Like asking me questions. So it's like you kind of have to show yourself a little bit so that they can feel comfortable. Otherwise, they're just like, "This is a very one sided thing." It's kind of like this whole. Do you know the author, uh, Chuck Klosterman? He's actually from Minnesota. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So he had a brilliant essay. I think he's a great writer. He had an essay about how, um, why do people agree to be, get interviewed? Like, why interview? <laughs> what, like, like, because if you think about it, there's really no upside for you to accept my invitation to interview you. Like, the only, the only down, there's more downsides. Like, you might say something that you shouldn't have said. Uh, you might have, like, uh, taken away your mystique you know, if you're a celebrity or a rock star, because that's the kind of person that he interviews. So he had a really interesting question. It's like, is it hubris? Is it arrogance? Is it just like the feeling that I have something important to say? Because at the end of the day, like someone listening to an interview of a celebrity does not change their perception of that person in any shape or form whatsoever. So hmm. there's a whole meta element to it. But basically my takeaway from it is like, I do this interview show because I do most people with the exception of maybe Jerry T people don't know that much about them outside of magic. So it's like they, some people may want to know what it's like to be that person or what they're going through. Uh, and also I just, I just really enjoy it. So it's, it's not like chasing the numbers kind of thing, but it's like, for me, it's just like the enjoyment is worth it, but I do understand like everything in life has an opportunity cost, right? Maybe I should be doing YouTube or doing more running or playing more magic or, or whatever, but it's, it's hard to say, right? Yeah. Well, why, why do you keep doing the show? Is it, is it still checking the boxes that you wanted to check when you started out? I love talking to people. I love, especially after pandemic, I feel like this has been a really good outlet for me. Yeah. And I just, I just have this curiosity about how people think. I just want to know how you think. That's it. Like, I think to be a good interview, you just have to have that curiosity. And it's just sort of, you either have it or you don't. Like, even when I was interviewing Pete, Pete Hoefling, like, I really wanted to know what he thought about the thing or the issues and so i kept <laughs> it was a frustrating one to do because i kept he kept circling i kept wanting to like go in and go in and go in and while not like just totally just saying 
Pete, just tell me, just stop beating around the bush. Just tell me. And I had to try to be like kind of polite about it because I was also thinking like he might just walk out on the interview. So there's this whole aspect of that as well. But fundamentally, yeah. like whether it's Pete or someone controversial or you or someone wholesome, like I just want to know how they think. And I, I, I enjoy talking to people and I feel like being able to draw something out of someone that someone may not have been able to do in my place. It's, I'll be honest, it's, it's kind of like validating, fulfilling, but it's also just scratching my curiosity itch. So that's kind of, that's basically why I do it. Right on. Okay. Yeah. Where, where I was going with that was, uh, basically just wondering if this, this is doing that for you and if what you really need now is to like get more of yourself out there or whatever, but Mm -hmm. it sounds like this is doing at least a good job for one thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, this probably has to stay in some shape or form, but maybe you do need to do something else or yeah, just kind of change up the formula for this. I think that that makes total sense. And like I said, that's what we did for our podcast. Like I absolutely wanted to be like, all right, you know, like here are the decks and here are the numbers. And like, this is what you should be focusing on. Like, this is how to like play this matchup and blah, blah, blah. And people are just like, "Ah, we don't care about that shit. I was like, okay, I guess we'll talk about different stuff, you know? Yeah. I've got to figure it out. The content space is just hard. And honestly, if I had a choice, I would not be doing it with just magic players. I feel like that's also kind of restrictive because I would love to just talk to people in other esports and just figure out how they, because you know, there's a lot of crossover, right? How people think about being competitive. Like I did an episode recently with uh, Tark Patel and mm. it was called Humans of Magic, but it's really just a pretense to talk to him about flesh and blood and, uh, and how he thinks about uh, starting from zero in a game and building himself up. That was really, it's more like a mindset episode, which I know you guys have done mindset episodes as well. You guys have done great interviews with guests too. So um, you're not completely foreign to that, but it's, it's kind of right now, Humans of Magic is kind of like a, a vehicle for me to do stuff but it's not it may not be the ideal vehicles which is kind of your point maybe i need to think about how to like refactor it or something yeah i mean i i think that you could very easily do a spin-off that is just humans of uh, whatever planet earth or something and uh go from there maybe it's like every, instead of doing this every week or whatever you do uh you know you just alternate the two or whatever or maybe yeah. You know, you've, you've kind of tapped the well for magic. So maybe you, you let that one sit for three weeks and you do like mm-hmm. three esports people in a row or something, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, you get to do whatever you want. It's yeah. fine. And yeah. also like, I think people are, are kind of the same way where they might listen because there's some commonality, like this person is interacted or is involved in magic in some way and like hey i'm involved in magic and like maybe i don't know about this person but like i'll get to know them and whatever but most of the time on on your show you're not talking about like magic specifically no it's really just a pretense to talk about all the other stuff which i right which i like so yeah yeah, yeah. and I, I think that that's great so uh someone like Tariq, it's just like i don't know do you just play magic but like does does that really matter no it's like you ask them about what they're doing right now he happens to be playing a different no i was asking him about like what it was like to become a doctor because he's actually a a doctor and just the grind of that and uh and i i asked him to make a because i never play flesh and blood either just like you (laughs) uh so i I, i'm assuming you haven't played flesh and blood right or you have uh i have not played still i have 
learned very lightly the rules. The basics, yeah. Yep. I, I told James White that uh, he's he's basically gatekeeping me from learning how to play by refusing to make a digital client. Yep, yep. Because there's no scene in pandemic. China either. Same thing. Yeah. 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 We're, we're in a pandemic. I can't, I'm not going to go to, a, I mean, I technically can't go to a store, but like, I'm not going to go to a store mm-hmm. and like you choose learn not how to, to play yeah. or mm-hmm. whatever. And I also just moved here, just moved here two years right. ago. Right. Um, but like have not gotten to meet people again because of pandemic. Yeah. So it's like, look, dude, what do you want me to do? You want your game to be for everyone yeah. except for me. Right. Yeah. So like, what the hell? Yeah. But no, so, yeah. I, I, the point I was just making is that when I talked to Tarek, it was really more like I asked him to describe flesh and blood in magic terms, which is really interesting because for me, it was also just like I could learn about flesh and blood by doing a podcast and just like because he told me the game is about uh, healing selves and lava spikes, which is really interesting, right. uh, yeah. which is cool. Um, and so I could relate it to magic, but at the same time, I don't need to talk to people about just magic because I think most people are about more than just magic and if your life is just magic then chances are it's not a very interesting life no offense to anybody but uh you know that's that's just how i feel so my life was just magic at points but it was good it was what i wanted to do that's why Mm -hmm. it was all magic but it was also like the people in relation to magic and like the folks that i get to go visit and everything so yeah I mean, I've been down that road of just having my life, try to have my life be validated by magic. And I'm, I'm just not the good of a magic player. So it's very hard to do that. Your, your life being like all about magic and your life being validated by magic are two different, two different things. Right. That's true. That's, that's a huge difference. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, okay. I'll leave you with one last question. Uh, how is Marvel snap? I haven't played it. Oh man. (laughs) It's like you came out of like Twitter. Uh, purgatory to tweet about it so it must be pretty I, darn I good i wasn't right? in purgatory i'm trying to tweet more i tweet a decent amount all right <laughs> all right way way more than i used to anyway um i did not think much about it initially uh i i respect ben brode a, a ton and he's like the showrunner or the creator of the game or the producer right he, like so he is one of the two founders of the company's second dinner who mm. uh, Marvel outsourced this game to. And he used to basically be like the creative director for Hearthstone. He was basically like the Mark Rosewater of Hearthstone. Right. And yeah. when he took over for Hearthstone, um, I, I don't know, like a lot, a lot of good things happened like while, while he was in charge of Hearthstone for sure. Mm-hmm. And having seen like interviews that he's done and listened to him talk and stuff. It's like, okay, this guy knows his stuff. Right. But it was just like, I don't know. You're slapping like gigantic IP onto game outsourced by small, basically indie startup company. It's just like, there's no way that this ends well. And it's like a game with lanes and like every game with lanes has been complete garbage. And uh, my friend now works for second dinner. And so I was like, Hey, get, get me in your beta. You know, like I've, I've worked with him on, on some stuff before. And like, I I knew that he would put me in basically. So he got me in the beta and some of my friends liked the game. So I was like, whatever, I'll try it. And so I came in with this mindset of like, this, this game is probably going to suck. And then I'm going to have to tell my friend that I didn't like his thing. And I'm going to feel bad. Like super skeptical, basically. Right. And it's, it's just like the most 
fun shit that I've done in like <laughs> probably like the last two years, man. It's so goddamn good. Uh, so stairs, right? For streaming. The thing I started setting up yesterday was like getting OBS ready to maybe start streaming Snap because like that that's how much I believe in this thing and like it. And like if you mess around with like TFT or like auto chess, like that sort of stuff. A little bit, yeah. Okay, so when when auto chess came out, it's like I don't really like this, but I can tell that it's just like a new genre and is gonna be some real shit. And there are just going to be a bunch of clones popping up and it's, it's going to be like the next big thing. That's how I feel about this, where I'm just mm -hmm. like, this is so fun and so good. And the, the client, you know, despite being like enclosed beta is like very smooth, very good. The games are quick. Mm -hmm. um, it's, you know, it's, it's only, it's only six turns long. Like the game just ends after turn six and I just find myself hitting play immediately after after a game ends. So there's like, a there's quite a lot of strategic complexity then, right? I haven't played it's it. It's so good, yeah, dude. It's like it's actually so, deep despite being six turns or uh, yeah, shallow so, on the surface. Right. So it's a twelve card deck, uh, one copy of each card. You unlock cards kind of quickly at first. That eventually tapers off, and then it's like, man, can't wait till I get my next card. You know, you get like a card a day or something, basically. Yeah. And obviously then you can spend some money to fast track it or whatever. So you're playing from like a limited card pool, build a 12 card deck and it's, it's Hearthstone mana. So, you know, turn one, you get one mana. You both make your place face down. You both click end turn, your cards flip up. Some of them have like ETB abilities. The three different lanes have different uh, random effects that come from like a pool, right? Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. they get revealed on like turns one, two, and three for left, middle, right? And the, like some of some of the lanes are like pretty messed up and pretty unfun or whatever but like it makes the games like really fun and interesting and it's like okay do i play around if like this rare lane spawns what do i do blah 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 uh but yeah it's, it's just six turns you have just like that limited mana to work with but like there are four lanes in each slot not all of the games but like a lot of the games like all the slots end up getting filled up right so it's like you basically have like kind of you know 12 different choices of like where to put your stuff and in what order you play them and like what is your opponent going to do and like on that final turn it's like you see who's winning in each lane it's like okay like are they gonna contest left or are they gonna contest right what do they think i have and mm. you know like what do i think they have in their hand what do i think is in the rest of their deck like it scratches all of that stuff man and just in in minutes like every game is three minutes it's just so goddamn good and then, and then there's like the deck building too, right? It's like, that's a whole other thing. Okay. Uh, it's, it's just so good and so fun. It's, uh, I've seen people start streaming it. It's, uh, it looks really good. It, it, I'm scared to try it because it sounds like crack. Like if I try it, I'll never, I won't get out. It's just like bite-sized fun, right? And pretty yeah, good Yeah, but, but I think that's, that's a good thing. And I think that's what they're aiming for, where it's just sure. like, Oh, you know, you're you're you like games as a kid or comics as a kid. Well, like now here's this game that you can play in three minute increments while you know your your kid is sleeping, but you know that they're gonna wake up soon or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like that, that is what they're shooting for. for it's perfect for the modern for age, it now. sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to exactly. spend like an hour on a on a match or something. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Who's got time for that? No one. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not I'm not playing like the magic online like modern premieres or whatever because it just locks up eight hours of your day like i don't mm -hmm. want to do that 
So like I said, I, I do usually hit play after my game ends, but then, you know, at some point I'm like, all right, I got to go do something else. Right. Okay. But, yeah. Uh, that's only cause I have a lot of time, but I'm sure if you're like, all right, I got three minutes, I can do a quick game. Like, you know, maybe I unlock a card or whatever. Cool. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, it's just hella fun. It, it, right now it's just playing on ladder basically. And they're like a lot of bots, which is, you know, not the ideal experience or whatever. But then I was just like, Oh God, imagine when this game has like draft or sealed deck or whatever. It's just, it's going to be incredible. And I, I do think that if people are smart, they're going to copy this and maybe they're going to improve upon it, like game design wise or implementation or whatever. It's probably not with like the IP or maybe mm-hmm. even like the devs behind it. Cause I, I know that they have like a, a very good, very powerful team or whatever, but like this, this is good. And it's going to be around. And I, I feel like if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, I'm just not going to try it. It's not for me. It's like, well, once all your friends are playing it, you're kind of going to have to. So sounds like a pretty strong endorsement to me. It sounds like a new paradigm in, in gaming, quite honestly. Right. And I came at this as a skeptic. I thought yeah. I was going to hate this thing. And it, you were ready it just, to hate it, it. It convinced me in 10 minutes. Yeah. It's also it's scary also- that the game is still in beta, so it can only get better, basically. Right. Yeah. There can only be new cards and newer sets and new lanes and whatnot. So I've been I've been playing for six days. Uh, I hit like their mythic rank in day four. I currently cannot spend money because you can't spend money on iOS. And there like there are some problems with the game, obviously, with like uh some some early cards being like a little bit too busted but yeah. they're gonna have some adjustments in two yeah, weeks already like yeah. yeah yeah so they're on top of it it's it's gonna be good so i figure i don't know i enjoy this and if streaming magic is hard and i play this game for hours a day then i'm pretty sure i could stream this i just have to figure out how to set it up and make it not look crappy so i can just like hit play and go all right. Hopefully one day I'll see the Jerry Thompson uh, Marvel Snap YouTube channel. Well, we'll see. I mean, first thing is like, yeah, people are streaming it, but like the numbers aren't there because it's closed beta. So people can't get in. Yeah. Uh, but I do think that once more people can play, like the streaming numbers are probably going to be a lot better. And I want to start like a little bit before that, basically. But yeah. I don't know when that's going to happen. Yeah. Hey, Jerry, man, this is a great catch up. It was a, a real pleasure to talk to you again after so many years. What felt like four years, five years ago, felt like 500 years. But uh, I, think, I think it was six. I think it was 2016. Really, really long ago. I was still working a corporate job back then. Um, I'm still as excited talking to you today than, as I was the first time. So yeah, thank, it, you, it's, for, it's thank you for being good. you. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I, I can't do anything else. I literally can't. So yeah. Thank you for being real. Uh, yeah, have a great rest of the, the evening where you are. You too. Thank you for listening to this episode of Humans of Magic. To support the show, visit humansofmagic.com, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Humans of Magic, and you can also consider supporting us at patreon.com slash humansofmagic. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time.